Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 37 of the Mess Hall Podcast. Um, I just want to say sorry about the quality of the podcast this week. There's a little bit of ambiance noise in the back, so I tried my best to cut it out as much as I could. But the interview was terrific. I really enjoyed this one. Um, everybody, welcome to the show. Gwendolyn Richards. I had a ton of fun. Um, we sat down, had some tea, and just had a great, great conversation about food. So make sure you listen and give it five stars on iTunes if you like it. And follow me on Twitter at The Mess Hall Pod. And if you have any questions, make sure you drop me an email at themesshallpodcast at gmail.com. And as always, the Alberta Podcast Network is a proud sponsor of the Mess Hall Podcast. And it's great to be part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. And this week's podcast shout-out is going to Emily Missed Out. Or did she? It's a great podcast. I've been listening to the last couple episodes. It's about uh, Emily and Bernadine. They watch pop culture classic films. And you can determine, and they determine, if Emily really missed out on watching these films or not. So, like I said, give that a, give that a try and enjoy it. Gwendolyn Richards, welcome to the Mess Hall Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Um, thanks for coming on. I was excited for this all day. I've been, um, I just love talking to people about food. And that's good. I also like talking to people about food and um, eating food, so yeah. I feel like that this is going to be good. Yeah, and we're in Alfon- Alfonso or Alfonso? Alforno. Alforno. Bakery yeah. and Cafe, yeah. Yeah, and having some tea. Yes. Had a good tea conversation already that we <laughs> missed out on on the podcast. <laughs> but... Yeah, um, so I was looking on your Twitter, and one of the things that I saw was a burger from Alloy. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm a huge fan of the guys at Alloy, um, especially the daytime crew. Um, Adam, the sous chef there, I've known for years and years. He's amazing. Nice. Um, so did you have the burger that you posted? It was like a double beef patty and... Uh, I, I, okay, so I'm going to confess something. I didn't. I was retweeting Rogelio. Yes. Um, I'm a huge burger fan. In fact, one of the first food pieces I ever wrote professionally was about trying to find the best burger in southern Alberta. Yes. And uh, involved eating five burgers in four days. And that launched my career. And ever since then, I've, I've always just sought out burgers. And that one just looked so good that I felt I should share it with everyone who follows me. It did look good. Yes. Um, um, it, well, all the food always looks amazing there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm a huge burger fan as well. So what makes a good burger for you? Uh, ooh, that's, that's a good question. Well, I think for me, a good burger has to be greater than the sum of its parts. You need a, you need a juicy patty, or if you want to, you know, if you want a chicken burger or whatever, then that's fine. Um, but, like, it, it should be really meaty and juicy. Um, 
You can have two. I have no problem with that. The more, the merrier. Um, but then you need a really sturdy bun, but not one that takes away from the patties, but it, it will need to soak up all the juices without disintegrating. And then you need like some sort of tangy relish or sauce that kind of counteracts all that richness. And then, um, you know, if you want to have other fixings on there, great. I'm not, I'm a bit of a purist. I like cheese and bacon. Yeah. Uh, and fried onions. That's my favorite combination. I think things like foie gras on there are just gilding the lily. Just let the burger speak. Yeah, and and, and I agree with you. I'm I'm a huge fan of just almost just a cheeseburger straight up. And sometimes it doesn't even need a cheese, but fried onions. You hit the spot right there. I love fried onions. They are so good. And yeah, I mean, I'll leave. I will take a raw onion on there as well. Yeah. Um, but the fry, there's something about fried onions that just adds that extra punch of flavor. Yeah, and it's the chef showing that they're taking that extra step. Instead of just being lazy and putting a raw onion on there, putting that cooked fried onion on is just perfection almost. I totally um, agree. And I like, sometimes I like a little bit on top, if it's a good tomato. Um yeah, it has to be a tomato that tastes like a tomato. Yeah. Otherwise, don't bother. You're just yeah. wasting space. <laughs> and, and I used to be in the thought, it has to be a thick sliced tomato. But lately, I've been just thinly slicing and having multiple thinly sliced. And I find, and just a little touch of salt on there, and I find it brings up the flavor a little bit more. So That's a great, a great thing to mention because I think a lot of times... Uh, we forget that you need to season those sorts of vegetables. Otherwise, they do tend to be missing a bit of something. So that would yeah. add way more flavor than just throwing on the tomatoes. Yeah. And and I the other thing that I like on it is iceberg lettuce. Um, I find it has a little bit of crispiness um, instead of other lettuces. Like, butter leaf is good, too. And so is, like, a red leaf lettuce I like. But And I even like arugula to give you a little bit of that punch. But some, sometimes I just have to go back to the basics of... It's like iceberg lettuce. Yeah, there's something about that crisp coolness, too, that plays against yes. the burger that's really good. Um, if you get, like, a really crisp piece of romaine, I think it works. But if you yeah. have kind of the the really leafy end of a romaine, then it's not adding much flavor or even texture. So, yeah, like, again, why bother? It's flimsy, and it's... And, and it just kind of goes all sad and limp when the yeah. burger juices hit it. Yeah. It's, it's I, not a good look. I find myself usually just picking it off and eating it on the side, but it's unrewarding. It is unrewarding. It's, yes. uh, yeah. And, yeah, <laughs> just a pure burger. And So is there a type of cheese you like on there more than others, or you just, like, straight-up cheddar? Or... <laughs> This is, um, I'm possibly going to lose some food cred here, but I, I do like, uh, well, I'll take cheddar, absolutely, but I do like American cheese on there, just like flippy, fluorescent orange. <laughs> I can already hear people freaking out. but No, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> the reason I think that that is so good, and I don't know your childhood, but I think it brings a lot of people back to their childhood, and it's almost a way of nostalgia eating. Totally. My grandfather used to make us flippy cheese sandwiches on white bread all the time. Yeah. Uh, so that's definitely part of it. I also just like how melty and yeah. soft it gets. Because you know how sometimes cheeses don't really melt properly? And yes. they kind of crystallize or they get 
fat pockets, and this is just like it hugs all the nooks and crannies of the patty. I was just gonna say something similar, how it just like folds into it almost, and it's like a cheese duvet. Yeah. On your burger, and who yes. doesn't want to eat a cheese duvet? I, I lactose-free <laughs> people, maybe. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Well. But yes. maybe that's not for them. No, probably not. But, but I agree with you. Like almost that simplicity of awesomeness is really really good and I like that too I agree with you 100% wholeheartedly that's that's where it's at and yeah I don't do it often it's usually when I go to somebody's house because my wife doesn't like the processed cheese and maybe I should just divorce her based on that but oh, oh. <laughs> no you just have to have burger nights when she's out with the girls Maybe, because yeah. my son would love it. Oh, well, see? And you have to indoctrinate the next generation so that they also have that nostalgic relationship with, yes. with cheese. And, and I guess that brings up another question. If like, what about cheese whiz? How do you feel about cheese whiz? Okay, so, I, yeah, I'm not a fan. No? Which is weird, right? Because you might argue that they're very similar, if not the same, but there's something about the flavor of cheese whiz that doesn't really appeal to me. Okay, I... I, I get that. Um, I don't have it as often either because, my again, my wife usually dictates what we buy for groceries. <laughs> um, and I agree with her a lot. But, yeah, cheese Whiz is not a big thing in our house. Usually it's when we go to a hotel and you go to the breakfast and they have the packages of cheese Whiz. And totally. Then it's like a little extra delighted breakfast. Yeah. I, I thought I, I was really curious about cheese Whiz when I was uh, in high school. And one year for Christmas, um, my friend and I exchanged, you know, like under $10 gifts. And she gave me a six-pack of Fresca and a, a bottle, a jar of uh, cheese Whiz so that I could finally try it. And that's when I realized I wasn't really a big fan <laughs> that's yeah but at least you found out at a young age and, exactly but yeah I don't have it much but again it brings back that nostalgia eating and, and I really like nostalgia eating almost like um, like I love macaroni and cheese I love making my own like cheese sauce or with whatever else I put in there like a couple weeks ago I made mac and cheese with um, barbecue chicken Nice. And made it like a barbecue sauce for the barbecue chicken as well. And it came out really good. But sometimes there's something to be said about just macaroni and cheese from a box. Like, Absolutely. And- Absolutely. Um, I, I used to get a lot of cravings for that. But mostly now what I get a cravings for are Ichiban, like instant ramen noodles. Okay. And when I'm feeling particularly nostalgic or need some like comfort food, uh, sometimes I'll just whip one of those out and cook nice. it up. Uh, I mean, not to loop back obsessively on cheese, but one thing that I learned as a kid, because a friend of mine's mom made her do this, was um, adding peas and corn, just at the very, like frozen peas and corn, at the very end, so they cook or warm up, uh, and putting a layer of cheddar on the bottom of the bowl and pouring the hot soup and noodles over it. And it adds all this extra richness, um, which I totally love. But I also understand that that might be related to the fact that I've been eating that since I was seven. um, Because I told it to a friend once, and she tried it. She was like, that's terrible. Um, But I think of it like, um, are you familiar with the Korean dish, budai jjigae? Which is that um, 
stew that has like wieners and spam and yeah. and and then they always put like processed cheese on top. Okay, yeah, and yeah. then you eat the noodles with all those things. So yeah. um, I think it's kind of like that. Yeah, it's made like in that pot. Like yeah, those like stone pots, and they. Yeah. If if uh, for the listeners out there, we're both trying to describe <laughs> it with our hands. <laughs> They're like, they're stone curved yeah. bowl pots, um, probably like bigger than what you would see um, the bimbap in. Yeah. Um, but that same idea of those Korean rice bowls coming in a hot stone bowl. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I guess that leads, that's a great segue into the next question I had. Um, dim sum. Yes. Tell me more. Let's talk dim sum. I haven't had dim sum in a while, but I do love it. And I didn't have dim sum till I was in my mid-20s. I moved to Calgary. And it just blew my mind. I loved it ever since. Just the way people go around and you get little bits of, like, little bites of heaven almost. Yes, totally. It's so good. Um, So when you're at dim sum, what are some of the stuff that you look for? Like, what are you excited about? (laughs) I have a longer history of eating dim sum than you because I grew up in Vancouver. So as uh, teenagers, we would go for dim sum because um, at that time, that was a pretty relatively inexpensive meal because yeah. you could try lots of different things for not much money. Um, so I love, um, I like shumai and I love hagao, which are the, the prawns in that sort of translucent wrapper. Yeah. And then I love, and I'm so embarrassed that I... I never remember the name of them and so they when I'm trying to tell people what we need to order I'll say these are the things I love that I don't know the name of but they're football shaped dumplings and it's the dough is that kind of like chewy glutinous rice and then it's um, stuffed with minced pork and some spices and so you have like it's just all my favorite things together. It's salty. It's a little sweet. It's crunchy, but it's got that chew to it. It's meaty. I mean, there's nothing else I want more. Yeah, I agree with you. That's that's one of my favorite things. And I'm guilty for not knowing names of stuff. <laughs> but, yeah, I love that because it's just, like you described it, it's chewy, but there's, like, other textures in there as well. Like, you get a little bit of crispiness. And if they put the sesame seeds on it, I like I love sesame seeds, too. I, I love some seeds more than others, but, like, yeah, sesame seeds are a nice one for me. Fair. Um, um, in my, when I was doing my master's program, I used to go out for dim sum with a couple of friends, and uh, they were international students from China, so it was great going for dim sum with them because they could just specifically order me the things I love that I can't remember the name of. And um, <laughs> my love of them grew so much... Uh, that they used to then order me an extra one as we were leaving so that I could take them home and eat them later. Yeah. It was awesome. Hey, everyone. Just going to take a quick time out from the chat with Gwendolyn to uh, bring you an ad from her sponsor, ATB. So I just want to talk about ATBX today. Building your business but feel like you're at a crossroads? ATBX is a program that supports Alberta entrepreneurs. It's for people ready to disrupt and define their industries. It's an incubator. It's an accelerator. It's ATBX. To find out more, go to atb.com slash ATBX. And now back to the conversation with Gwendolyn. I'm really enjoying this one, so make sure you listen all the way to the end. Thanks. Yeah. I, now, how do you feel about, like, takeout from, like, Chinese takeout? Is that 
just as good for you as well, or? Uh, I think, it's funny, um, I always think of dim sum as an entirely different type of meal than Chinese food. Yes. Um, just because, you know, uh, dim sum is so dumpling specific, and like small bites, and then I think of Chinese takeout as like hot sour soup, and lemon chicken, and um, things like that, so I love Chinese takeout, again, it speaks to the whole nostalgia. Like, it was a big treat growing up when we would order in Chinese food. Um, I haven't found one in Calgary that I'm the most devoted to. I feel like I'm still playing around trying to find my favorite place. Yeah. I, I feel the same. I feel like I want to find that uniqueness spot where they don't have the same as everybody else. And I'm still searching. I found a good one in Royal Oak that my wife and I enjoy just and I think it's more based on the quality of the food because it just seems like it's a lot fresher than other places but still it has the same type of stuff as everywhere else yeah but just trying to find that unique spot have you tried Han's in Chinatown no so it's Szechuan, so it's not your typical Chinese food. But when I have certain cravings, it really works for me because they do these um, spicy wontons. And so they're they're boiled wontons, and then they have this chili sauce. But I will readily admit uh, I'm really wimpy when it comes to spice. Okay. Um, and this isn't too spicy for me. It has a little bit of a kick, but no way would I go, oh, my God, these are the spiciest things ever. And they do a really good hot and sour soup. So nice. when I need that, like, comfort or when I feel like a cold is coming on and I want to really nip it in the bud, Hans is the first place I'm going. Oh, hey. When I find I get a cold, pho. That's what I go to. Ah, yes. I, I love a big bowl of pho. And there's a place that opened up in Brentwood that my wife and I really enjoy. And it's, we've both gone there a couple times when we both starting to feel sick and or if we are sick. And I feel guilty if I take a day off of work for being sick. But then I'll go there and just like gets everything going and just so good. I love pho. I, and again, it's something I didn't have until I moved to Calgary. And putting like the fresh basil in there. And, yeah. yeah, it wasn't something I grew up with either, and okay. I I love it. I I yeah. I like adding the the basil. I like and like the lime, and you get the yes. tanginess and the richness of the beef again. And yeah. Um, but I think if I could only pick one soup, it would be ramen. I've had some good ramen lately, <laughs> and I, I got really excited about it. When my wife first said, let's go get ramen, I was like, oh, maybe, okay, I'll go. <laughs> but once I got there and I had it, I was excited. Because like, it wasn't what I was expecting, in a good way. I, yeah, I, it's, a, it's very much different than the Ichiban that I secretly love yes. to have. Um, but I, I lived in Japan for a year, so I got to try real ramen at the source. And now I just go crazy for good ramen. And yeah. we're really lucky because Calgary's undergone this big ramen boom. Yes. Um, and there's so many great places now, all sort of doing their own unique thing. And uh, I couldn't be happier. I like, um, there's a place in Kansas. Kensington that I forget the name of, but um, I also like East of Asia in uh, Crossroads Market. Oh yeah, is it Ikkyman in uh, in Kensington? Yeah, it probably is. Yeah, um, yeah, but both places are great. I lo I like them both. So it's there's so a there's a great one over like past Forest Lawn on the way to Chestermere that I'm totally devoted to. Oh, okay, it's a bit of a hike for me, but worth it. 
and uh, I like their Wakata, Wakato, sorry, on uh, on 10th there, just by the mech, by the Mount of Kuma yeah, Co-op. Yeah. And then, I mean, who doesn't love Shikimenya? If yes. you have the time and patience to line up. <laughs> if it's worth it and if it's good, I have the patience to line up. I don't mind going that extra distance for a place that's really good. I don't mind waiting in line for a place that's good. Because when you're waiting in line for something that's good and everybody else is waiting in line, it's almost a good feeling. Like, you can talk to people. They're excited. You're excited. Uh, There's usually not people that are grumpy waiting in line because (laughs) there are some people. But for the most part, everybody goes because they know they'll be waiting in line and it's well worth it. So... That's a really good point. Uh, the last couple of times I've been in the line for Shikimenya, I've ended up striking up conversation with people, you know, like, so, you know, they'll be looking at the menu and you'll kind of say, oh, what, what are you thinking of getting? May I make a recommendation? And, yes. Uh, I got into a conversation with a woman, woman uh, recently who said that she gets the chili goma, which is my favorite, but then she adds chashu, like the, the pork. And uh, that just seemed so porktastic that I had to try it. I love the word porktastic. (laughs) (laughs) That should be in a word of the day calendar every day. (laughs) It was indeed very porktastic. (laughs) That sounds really good. Now I might have to go there. Might just have to stop right now and just go. (laughs) Ah, well, that's the trick, though. They're only open from 11 to 2, yeah. Yeah. you're not the first person to talk about that place on this podcast. Oh. And I haven't gone yet, and I want to, and I keep on forgetting. And, but it's mostly because I work during the day, and it might just be worth quitting my job just to go there. <laughs> you know, I think uh, maybe not that, but maybe take one holiday day yeah. for, like, a little self-care. Mm-hmm. A mental health day, if you will. Yeah. And uh, treat yourself to some porktastic ramen. Yes. I love that word. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to use that in everyday speak. I, I welcome that. Yes. I think that's a good idea. Um, so I was on your website. This month I saw, like, no big chocolate pie. And I went back other months and saw lots of desserts. Um, so, like, sweet things. I love desserts. I love sweet things. Um, what is your favorite dessert to make? Like, do you have a go-to dessert that oh. you really like to wow people with? Wow, that's uh, that's interesting, because um, I don't really, and I think that's partly because I love um, making desserts as a way of trying different recipes. Like yeah. I love exploring recipes, um, and often when I am invited to friends' houses, I'll be like, "Can I bring dessert, please?" <laughs> and then it gives me an, a reason because I live alone. I I can't really be baking an entire chocolate cream pie for myself because yes. then I would just eat the whole thing. Uh, so it, this is a way for me to try something new, experiment, get to eat it myself, but also get other people to eat it, yes. uh, which is a bonus. However, I will say that um, if I kind of need to have a go-to recipe, it's lemon bars. Nice. Because, I mean, I just, I love a lemon bar. Yes. Well, once you have, I, I, the reason I like lemon bars is almost to go back to the dim sum. There's different textures there. You get, like, a nice soft lemony curd. Oh, it's like a good one just where it's sweet, but, like, really tart. But then you get, like, a little crunchy top at the bottom. 
lemon tarts are amazing. I like that. My mouth is totally watering now that we've started talking about this. Because um, <laughs> just I can almost taste that sort of puckery, tangy lemon. Yes. Uh, I make a version that's a play off a shortbread recipe I found once. So the base of it is actually a pine nut rosemary shortbread. And then you get this nice layer of lemon curd on top. So then you have like sort of this rich pine flavor. And then like the piney rosemary and some crunch from the nuts and so on. So uh, when I'm feeling especially cool, I'll whip that one out. Nice. I like that idea of savory instead of sweet as well. Even though I like sweet, but I like when there's a curveball thrown. And totally. When you're expecting sweet and it's a savory, I, I like that idea. It's, it's, savory sweet things are my absolute favorite. Like, yeah. I like Chicago mixed popcorn because it's yes. cheese and caramel, even though it sounds disgusting. It's amazing. It is. I love, you know, like a salted caramel tart because then it's, again, it's, I just love sweet and salty. It even goes back to dim sum with the, Things that I love that I don't know the name of because they do have that slight hint of sweetness to them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I do like the Chicago style popcorn. <laughs> I had it the first time I had it. I was in Chicago and we went to the original place that has it, and I thought my wife was crazy because she was talking about this place and I tried it and. I didn't think she was crazy anymore. The rest is history. Yes. I, that's so funny because I have the same story. I went with a friend, and she had been to Chicago before, so she's, you know, we decided to split up for the afternoon. We get back to the hotel. She's got this giant bag of Garrett's popcorn. Yeah. And uh, she's like, here, try some. And I'm like, that sounds terrible. Yes. And then I ate some. I was like, okay, cool. I get it. I get it. And then she gave me the entire bag, and she, she said, lock this in the hotel safe. Don't tell me the combination. And no matter what I say, don't unlock it. And I was like, this is very weird, but okay. And five minutes later, she's like, unlock the safe. Unlock it. And I said, you said, if, even if you said no matter what. And uh, anyway, I couldn't hold her back, so finally I unlocked it. And I think we ate the rest of it within like 20 minutes. Yes. So good. It does not last long at our house either. It's, no. It's, it's almost like the perfect weird combination of sweet and savory and and their, I mean, their cheese is a really good cheese flavor. Yes. Uh, it dyes your fingers fluorescent orange, yeah. unless you get really finicky like I sometimes do, and I would eat it with chopsticks, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I think says a lot about my neuroses. Um, but yeah, that's the best version I've ever had. Everything else pales in comparison. One thing that I've talked about before is uh, using gloves to eat. <laughs> Would you ever consider using, like, just regular gloves to eat your popcorn? <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? I, I might, but I would just be worried that, uh, you know, they would soak up some of the, the good flavor. Yes. At least with chopsticks, they, they only convey the food. They can't change it in any way. Yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> uh, and the reason why we've talked about um, gloves while eating is... People don't like to get stickiness on their hands or sauce on their hands, especially with chicken wings. Yes. Yes, which you can't eat with chopsticks. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really finicky about that. I don't like having sticky hands, but I love hot wings. Yeah. It's just a matter of I need to have several napkins okay. and maybe several moist to- towelettes. Yes. And like, I can have like a mid-break, midway break, <laughs> where I just get my hands back to zero, and then I can keep going. So what's your go-to chicken wing flavor? Ooh, 
Um, well, I do love a good hot wing with yeah. like a parmesan or a blue cheese nice. dipping sauce. Nice. Um, but there's some really good ones. Have you been to Mugshots? No, but I've heard of it, and I heard that they have really, really good wings. Amazing wings, bonkers flavors. Yes. They do a salt and pepper that is unlike any salt and pepper you've ever had. They actually top it with um, stir-fried green and red peppers and onions. Oh, nice. Um, super flavorful. And then they do like a, a sweet teriyaki or something. And again, it just sounds like, ooh, teriyaki. Yeah. But no, this is like next-level teriyaki. Yeah, I, I've gone to some wing places, and they have 30, 40, 50 different types of flavors, but it's so disappointing when they're not done right. But, like, you were talking about mugshots, and I've heard that about them before, where they do them right. And, and I think that's the key. It doesn't... If you can't do just a basic hot wing right, why try to have 40 different flavors? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But they're very inventive with their flavors, and they're all their own creations. Nice. So I love that. Um, but yeah, when push comes to shove, just give me like a good buffalo hot wing. Nice. I, I agree too. So, do you like the drumette or the wing part? I like the wing part, and apparently that totally is gender related. Apparently, more women like the flat yeah. part, and more men like the drumette. Yeah. As uh, a generic rule. I never thought of it that way because most now that I think about it, it's it's true. <laughs> I'm just thinking back to people that I've talked to in the past, and most of the men like the drumette, and most of the women like the flats. Yeah, and it's the same in my relationship. We we're great for each other because I like the drumette, and she likes the flat. So see, it's a pr- it. That's exactly why you need to stay with her. Yeah, the processed cheese issue notwithstanding. Yeah. And, and there's other issues that we have with food, but that's, <laughs> yeah, that's just us, I guess. <laughs> um, one of the things, if I'm forced to eat um, the flats, I use what's called the umbrella technique. So you take one of the bones out and you push it down with one hand. So you have Ooh. a meat water top, like an umbrella. Like a meat pop. Yeah. Uh, intriguing. Intriguing. Yeah. But then again... You might have to get a couple more napkins. <laughs> and a bib, maybe. There's no shame in wearing a bib if you're having chicken wings. Or All right. ribs. Alright, I'll <laughs> I'll take that under advisement. Yeah. Now if I go into a restaurant and I see you with a bib on, I might laugh. But you know what? People have laughed at me for far lesser reasons. <laughs> But maybe it could be in trend. You could be in trend set. Uh <laughs> Maybe like the lobster bibs you get, you can have like a chicken wing on it. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. So um, I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> this was an awesome conversation. Again, thanks for coming on. This was great. Uh, I loved traveling down this food road with you. Thank yes. you for having me. Awesome. Thank you very much. Um, is there, do you just want to promote where people can find you on social media and where they can find your cookbook? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, so you can find me on social media at Gwendolyn MR. Um, that's both Twitter and Instagram. Those are the places you can I post the most. Um, and my cookbook, Pucker, um, which is all recipes with lemon, lime, and grapefruit, in case the lemon bars wasn't a tip-off, okay. uh, you can find um, at some local stores and some chapters, locations, and Amazon. Just check online first to make sure it's wherever your nearest store is. Awesome. And thanks again for... Being on the podcast, this was awesome. Thank you. Thank you.